been done. God creates man, say you and I. And God creates us in his image and in his likeness to rule over his creation. And they're walking in the garden in relationship with God. So after six days, all the work had been finished. And what happened on the seventh day? God did what? He rested. Do you know that the first day that man was alive, he was living in the rest of God? There was no work. It was a finished work. We were born into rest. There was no sweat of the brow. There was no labor. There was no, it was all provided. The gold was in the land. There was fruit trees. You could eat from every tree of the garden. Everything was provided. Just like a parent, when you know a baby's coming, any woman had any, any children? Any, any husbands in, in the house? Your wife had a child. Before that baby was born, you got the room ready, you got the crib, you got the blankies, you got Mount Diaper, you got the stinky poopy diaper holder where you twist it, the genie baby, you got that genie. You got baby food, you got all the cute little things with their name on it, you've given the child a name. You've provided a space. You've got plans for this kid, to bless this kid. Same thing with God. The Bible says that when you are born again by the Spirit, I want you to know that you have been born into a finished work. The work's already done. God has already laid it out. He's got all the provision ready. He's got your new name ready. He's got everything that he's prepared for you already done, organized, in place, provided for, paid for. I was telling Mr. yesterday, you know that song, The Lord is My Shepherd? It comes from Genesis, I mean Genesis, Psalm uh, 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have no wants. I was thinking yesterday, I don't have any wants in my life. There is nothing that I want that I don't have. I am in a place of complete rest. I have everything I want. Now, there's things I desire, but they're not wants and they're not needs. And when you delight yourself in the Lord, He gives you the desires of your heart. What are my desires? My desires are after his desire, which is to take nations for the kingdom of God. That's my primary purpose. That's what I'm, that's what I'm here to do. I've discovered what God has for me. And now because I know the plans that the Lord has for me, plans for good and not for disaster, it's not I'm trying to figure out what God has for me. I know what God has for me. You can see it. I just took 15 minutes to explain it to you. And when you know what God has for you, there's no more trying to figure out, am I a pastor? Am I a prophet? Am I an apostle? Where do I fit? What's my title? I'm king now. (laughs) 
I decided Jesus is king of kings, so I'm a king. Forget the apostle, prophet, evangelist. That's low level, baby. I'm seated together with Christ at the right hand of God the Father in authority, in dominion, in kingship. I'm feeling that kingly status. Actually, while we were in worship, I saw Jesus on the throne in authority. And you know what he was wearing? He was wearing a Santa Claus outfit. Because he's the greatest giver of gifts. And he's unlocking some gifts in this house in this season. Spiritual gifts are being poured out in this house. He's the father of lights. And you're going to see the light and you're going to receive the gifting that God has for you. As you see, I'm telling you, I know it. I know it. It's so cool when you know things. It's like you don't have to prove it. You just declare it because God is doing it. I'm simply saying what I see God doing. And if you can believe, then you can open up and receive and it'll happen for you. It's so cool. This whole spiritual thing with God is the coolest journey you will ever walk in life. But you've got to find the real thing. Look at the person next to you say, you've got to find the real thing. You've got to rest from your labor. And you've got to enter into the rest of God. What, how do you enter into the rest? The book of Hebrews says, today when you hear his voice, obey him. Don't be in rebellion like the children of Israel, where they tested God for 40 years in the wilderness. And because of their disobedience, he swore that they would never enter the place of rest. So when you're fighting God and resisting God, you're not in rest. When you're struggling within you about all these, you're not in rest. And we need to access, look at somebody and tell them, you need to access Everything God has for you, and you're going to get it today. Say today. Not tomorrow, not next week. I'm getting it today. Why? Because faith is right now. Let's wish uh, evangelist Chris a happy birthday. Happy birthday. And you are entering the place of rest in your purpose and in your calling. And you're moving from the gift of faith into the faith of God. And everything will flow with a new ease. There's no struggle, no toil, no comparison. You're established in your identity in Christ. And divine increase, supernatural, abundant overflows, miracles, signs. And everything in the office of who you're called to be is unlocked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yebo go go.
fire from heaven. Sons of thunder. Let's just call down fire from heaven and destroy everything. One John three eight says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested or made visible. It was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. Jesus had a purpose, and Jesus' purpose was to destroy, dissolve, annihilate the works of the devil. In John 19.30, the Bible says, Jesus said, it is finished. So when he died on the cross, it was a finishing work. Everybody say a finishing work. What work was finished? The destruction of the work of the devil. Everything that the devil did to bring separation between mankind and God, Jesus came to undo it. He came to destroy it. He came to set us free from the curse. Look at somebody say the curse. Jesus became a curse for us. He took the punishment for us. And he finished that work. Say it's a finished work. In Colossians 2.15, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. Or he disgraced them publicly by triumphing over them on the cross. So on the cross, Jesus finished the work. He finished the assignment. He became sin. He took the curse so that we could be declared righteous. Look at somebody and say, you have been declared righteous when you believe in Jesus Christ. That means the battle is, is won. Say, enter into the rest. The battle is already won. Look at somebody around you somewhere and tell them, listen, boo-boo. The battle is over. There's no fight in the flesh anymore. You have the victory. It is a finished work in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm victorious. In Christ Jesus. It is a finished work. Say it really loud. Say it is a finished work. <laughs> That's fantastic. That guy put on the whole armor of God. B-boy style. In Luke chapter 2, for those of you who don't know what Christmas is about, we're going to discover it right here. It says in 2 verse 8, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of God's glory, my goodness, the radiant glory, surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. 
the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels returned to heaven... The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds and everyone, they told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So I want you to know Jesus coming to the earth was to bring good news and great joy. Look at the person next to you and tell him God has got great news for you. He's got good news for you which is going to bring you joy. It is a finished work. The battle is over. It is already done. You have won the victory in Christ Jesus. You won. You already won. Game over. That means you're not trying to get blessed. Evangelist Chris read it. You have been blessed. Say, have been. Any of our English scholars, that's past tense. I was, have been blessed. With what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. I'm not trying to get healed. 1 Peter 2.24. Let me read it. He carried our sins in his body, and by his stripes you were healed. Past tense. Say, I'm already healed. The provision has been made and paid for for my healing. That means it's available right now. If it was available when Jesus took stripes 2,000 years ago, then 2,000 years later it's still available. Say, my healing is available. I'm not trying to become righteous. I have been declared righteous. I'm not trying to become a child of God. I am a child of the Most High God. I'm not trying to have friendship with God. I am a friend of God. I'm not trying to find my place and my authority. I have been raised up together with Christ and I am seated at the right hand of God the Father in all authority and power over all principality, rulers, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. I have been born into a finished work. Jesus did it for me and it's already done. Why do I keep saying that? Because when you're trying to get into a room that you're already in, you're in labor and you're crazy. 
And you need to stop struggling and open your heart and believe what Jesus has done for you so you can enter into the rest of what's already provided. This is settling in you today. There's a new confidence that's coming in you in God today. There's a settling. And all of this struggle and toil and stuff that's going on in you is being silenced today. And you're coming to the place through faith where you're entering into the rest of God. And you're going to operate from a place of victory and a place of finished work. So good. So good. I got you. So what is the curse? The curse was firstly separation from God. When you get separated from God, you're in darkness because you're separated from light. You're separated from all the good things God has for you. Everyone that, was, that comes through the womb of a woman and is born on the earth is born under the curse of sin and death. Every one of us. And you have to make a choice to believe in Christ, put your faith in Him, to access, to have relationship with God the Father. Everybody has to make that choice. It's a personal decision that every person has to make. So it brought sin, it brought rebellion, it brought sickness, it brought disease, it brought poverty, it brought lack, division, destruction, and ultimately ends in death. A second death where you're separated from God for eternity and you're put in the lake of fire. We ain't going there. Look at the person next to you say, we're not going there. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. So I want you to think of the law of gravity. Anybody jumped up this morning during praise? What happened? Did you levitate? Did you continue to go up? No, you came down. The law of gravity holds you in its grip. If we didn't have the law of gravity, we'd be floating all over the place. We could do nothing, right? And so just like the law of gravity holds you when you're born, you are born under the law of sin and death and it holds you trapped. And when you come to know Jesus Christ, you come under a new law. You come under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and he sets you free from that other one that you were stuck in. Say it's a finished work. Say I operate under a new law. I am held, just like the law of gravity, I am held by the, by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That means I am blessed. Not trying to get blessed, I am blessed. Not trying to be righteous, I am righteous. I'm not trying to get into God's presence, I have access, I can come boldly into the presence of God, into the throne room of grace to receive mercy in my time of need. You have access. In the spirit, it is finished. You have the fullness of what God has made available to you. Say, I have it all. Go to Romans. While I was reading Romans, I found this scripture. Anybody believe in God for property? I'll read this scripture quickly and then carry on. Side, side note. If you, if you want something to stand on, believe in God for property, in uh, Romans chapter 4, it says in verse 13, Clearly God's promise 
is to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants. Look at somebody and say, God's promise is to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants. Are we descendants of Abraham? If you believe in Jesus, if you have faith in Christ, then you are a descendant of the father of faith, Abraham, and the whole earth belongs to us. Say it's a finished work. The whole earth belongs to, to me. I have property. I'm not trying to get property. It's already in, it's an inheritance. It belongs to me. Now you just need to access your inheritance. Look at somebody and say, you've got to learn how to access what's been provided to you. And the way that everything is provided is by faith. Say, by faith. We're going to teach you how to do this thing in a minute. Let's read another scripture. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there were not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from that time of Adam to the time of Moses. And those who did not disobey an explicit command of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph, say in triumph. See, when you get this gift of salvation, when you get this gift of righteousness, you have been declared right with God, you have been forgiven for your sins, and you will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation to everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life to everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as, as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. Say it rules in place. Giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can you say good news? We have victory in Christ 
over the fallen nature, over sickness, disease, poverty, lack, division, destruction, all of the fruit of darkness. We've been given victory over that. Say, I am victorious in Christ Jesus. Can you see that in Scripture? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So there's this gift of salvation that is offered to everyone who believes in Christ. It's a salvation package. It comes with all of God's benefits. Who's saved in the place? You've accepted Christ Jesus into your heart. You have this. It's been given to you. Say, it's mine. It belongs to me. So the way that we receive everything God has for us is through faith. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that without faith it is impossible to please God. But anyone who comes to Him must do two things. Number one, they must believe that He exists. Do you believe that He exists? There's a second part. He's a rewarder. He rewards. He rewards those who do what? Diligently seek Him. So the way that we access everything God has for us is by believing God exists and diligently seeking Him. If you're not pursuing God, if you're not seeking God, coming to know Him, if you're not looking for what He has for you, if you're not pressing in to understand this inheritance that's available to you, you have to see it. Look at somebody and tell them, you have to see it through the eyes of faith. That's why I was teaching you earlier today how to see in the Spirit. Because everything that you see in the light gets branded on the tablet of your heart. Say, every promise that God has made is fulfilled in Christ Jesus with a resounding yes. Go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want you to see that it's all finished. It's all done. And that the way we're going to access this is by faith, through faith. Would I say 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes... He always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been, past tense. So every one of God's promises has been, has been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So I want you to know every promise that's been made available to us in Christ is already fulfilled. It's already done. It's already available. You just have to learn how to access it. Everybody with me? Say, I tap into it by faith. Look at somebody and say, the way you access it is not crying, whining, complaining, arguing, reasoning, struggling. You have to believe it in your heart. 
And you have to declare it with your mouth. Say, I got to believe it in my heart and I got to declare it with my mouth. You see, in the spirit, all of God's promises, all of God's provision is available. Your spirit man is made perfect in God and you are connected in the spirit to every one of those blessings. You're already connected. Say, I'm already connected in the spirit. It belongs to me. It's mine. It's got my name on it. I own it. Let me tell you where the disconnect is. Right here. Your doubt and unbelief keeps you out of what God has already provided. That's why you need to see it in the spirit to change the way you think. You see... The way that you break through unbelief and doubt in your head is by seeing something in the light which transforms your thinking. When you see God, when you see in the light where God shows you a picture, He tells you something. What happens is the darkness is expelled and the light now shines in its place. And when you see what belongs to you, it becomes yours. But if you can't see it, you'll never have it. So we're telling you everything that's available to you in Christ, but your spirit man has to perceive it. And from the spirit, it'll send light to your brain and it'll change the strongholds in your mind. It'll break your mindsets free so that you can believe that what God said is yours. And when you believe it and begin to speak it, you have faith substance and it'll show up in your life. I'm showing you how to get this. You see, everything that God has for you is available, but it might not be available currently. You have a promise, but it's not yet a product. You have a promise that's available, but you're not holding the product of it. So Jesus said, I took stripes on my back so you could be healed, but your body says, "Ah, I'm not healed. Your mind, through the five senses, looks at the body and says, you're not healed. You're not healed. You're not healed. You'll never be healed. But your spirit man connects to the Word of God, and the spirit says, no, Jesus took stripes upon his back so that I could be made whole. So what do I need to do? I need to go find the promise that's already fulfilled in Christ Jesus, and I need to meditate on it day and night, night and day. i got to mutter it. i got to think about it. i got to speak it. i got to declare it until the seed of God's Word, because Mark 4 tells us that the sower sows the Word. What does the devil do? He comes to steal the word that is sown. How does he do it? Through a hard heart, through the opinions of people, through persecution, through the lure of wealth, the desire of other things. All these distractions to pull you away from what God said belongs to you. But if you'll become a bulldog and you'll get that tenacity on the inside of you, I'm biting this thing and I ain't letting it go until I rip it and it's mine. And you got to, by faith, begin to pursue God and seek God for what He said is yours. When you know something belongs to you and it's not evident in your life, you're going to go after getting that thing back. Well, Jesus died so you could get everything back. Can you say amen? And you're supposed to live in the fullness of provision. You're supposed to live in the fullness of joy. You're supposed to walk with the Lord. You're supposed to be healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You're supposed to have unity in your household. You're supposed to be blessed to be a blessing. 
It's the covenant and it's available to you. But you've got to make a decision. I'm not playing church no more. I'm going after what God said is mine. And I ain't stopping until it explodes in my spirit. And I have it in my life. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. And nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me now. Ain't going to break my stride. Nobody going to slow me down. Uh-uh. I got to keep on moving. It's yours. These thousands of promises belong to you. The question is, which one do you want? Well, if you want them, then you got to start getting them one by one. And so just like a seed is planted into the ground, if the seed does not remain in the ground, it doesn't die and it doesn't produce life. And so the word of God is preached here every Sunday. You've got your Bible that you can read for yourself. But if you don't get into the word and press it in and press it till it penetrates deep into the heart, go to, uh, go to Proverbs. I think Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. So what happens is when you take the word of God and you begin to get it in your eyes, you get it in your ears, you meditate on it. My wife was talking about it earlier. When our kids start having the wrong sound coming out of their mouths, we know we have to change what's being put into them. When doubt, unbelief is coming out of your mouth, whining, complaining, groaning, you need to change what you're listening to. And the way that you change it is not by saying, you need to change the way you're, the way you're talking. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and establishes things. So you have to change what's in the heart. And the only way to change what's in the heart is to take the seed of the Word of God and put it in your spirit and not let it go. You worship over that thing. You pray over that thing. You declare that thing. You confess that thing. You say, God, this belongs to me. I thank you for it. Your promises are fulfilled. They're yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And you hold it in your ground. Nobody's taking that thing away from you. Somebody tells you, ah, oh, that's impossible. It'll never happen. I ain't letting the seed go. Because I know in that seed is fruit. And all I got to do is keep it in the ground and that thing will spring up. First the blade, then the stalk, and then the ear, and then the harvest. And there comes a harvest. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. So all these promises are available, but they only operate through faith. By believing in your heart, holding it in your heart, declaring it, confessing it, till it penetrates and springs to life. Once it's sprung to life, it produces fruit. 
And so family, this is how it works, but we're looking for instant results. We live in America. I can go through McDonald's drive-thru, and if I don't get my order in 45 seconds on that clock, I'm having, a, I'm having like a meltdown. can't believe I had to wait two minutes for food. This McDonald's needs to get new management. Did you see that lady behind the counter? Because of your impatience. And in God, you can't have this impatience. A fruit of the Spirit is patience. God gives you the ability to rest knowing that it's coming. See, all of the fruit of the flesh pull away from what God wants to do. The fruit of the Spirit is actually the attitude and the temperance and the character you need for faith to produce things. That's why the minute you step out of love, you lose your faith. And everything you're trying to grow disappears. And we need to get back in faith today. Can you say amen? We are returning back to the foundations of placing our faith in God. And we're not shifting from it. Because it is a finished work and it's available. And now you know how to access it. Meditate on the word day and night. It's got to write scripture cards. Write it out. What are you believing God for? If I ask you right now, what are you believing God for? And you can tell me, I want, I'm believing God for a new car. Or I'm believing God for healing. Okay, show me a scripture, chapter and verse that promises that to you. Because if you don't have a promise you're standing on, you're in hope, but you got no faith. you got a lot of hope. I'm hoping God's going to do this. I'm hoping God's going to do that. I'm hoping God's going to fix this. I'm hoping God's going to fix that. Well, where's the promise that says it's already been fulfilled in Christ that you're standing on and declaring while you're hoping? Because you can have hope all day long, but you need faith substance to go with that hope. You need the written word of God or you need a spoken word of God that's coming out of your mouth. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue and what you say changes your future. And in order for your faith and your hope to work, you have to be rooted and grounded in love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. Keeps no record of being wronged. you got to have those foundations and you got to position yourself on that solid foundation because that's where grace is afforded to you. And when you step off grace, you step off love, you step out of grace, and now you're in your own power and your own strength. And the devil wants to pull you out. He wants to dangle some shiny thing in front of you and pull you away from what God promised so that you'll never see it become a reality in your life. But I'm telling you today, God is putting a deposit in your heart where things are going to click and you're going to understand how faith works. And as a church... We're pressing in with this principle, knowing that it's finished and already done and available to see divine increase happen. We've been declaring divine increase for an entire year. But today I'm telling you how to activate divine increase in your life. 2024 is going to be a year of divine increase hitting because we have a church that knows how to walk in faith. And we're not walking by sight. Can you say amen? You got it? It's the principle. It's the law of faith. This is how everything works in the kingdom of God. 
You are a dirtbag. I don't know if you know that. You're made from the dust of the ground and seeds grow in dirt. Words grow on the inside of you. So what is alive in you? What are you cultivating and what are you growing on the inside of you? Is it all the negative things that you're growing that are producing thorns, thistles? What are those? Outbursts of anger, jealousy, hatred, comparison. That's all fruit of self because your mind is in the wrong place. And some of you are trapped in some things that your mind cannot get free from. And we're going to break you out of it today. We're going to uproot that way of thinking. We're going to uproot that whole thing and we're going to throw it in the fire and destroy it. We're going to weed your garden today. We're going to prune and trim some branches today. Can you say amen? I'll read one more scripture and we'll close. You're getting something out of this? Showing you how to operate in the spirit in faith. Go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18. Proverbs 3.18 says, Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her, and happy are those who hold her tightly. When I read that scripture, I was thinking about Eve in the Garden of Eden. She said when she saw the fruit on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So when you, when you are permitted again to eat from the tree of life, because when man was put in the garden, God said to him, you can eat from the tree of life all day long. Say, I have access to the tree of life. Man had access to eat fruit from the tree of life. And when you eat that fruit, it brings wisdom to what your life is all about. I've got some good news for you. Go to the book of Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. I hope you guys have journals and bring your Bibles and you're writing this stuff down. If you don't, you can watch this on YouTube. It's on our Pure Church channel, Forever Pure. And this is recorded and it's saved. And I encourage you to listen to this thing over and over and over and over until it becomes real to you. Revelation chapter 2. So in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus is giving a message to one of the churches, the church in Ephesus. And he says, I know all the things you do, and I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I want you to know that God sees everything that we do as a church. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they're apostles, but they're not. You have discovered they're liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. So here comes correction. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I'll come remove the lampstand from its place among the churches. That means he'll shut the church down. If there's no love in here, we might as well shut it down. It's not producing anything because God is love. 
But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Verse 7. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. So family, when we walk and operate in love, that is the foundation to access the presence of God and to eat the wisdom that God has for our lives from the tree of life. Say it's available. You can read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and you can read in there that God, the mind of Christ, you have it, and you can tap into the thoughts of Christ by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal all of God's secrets to you. Isaiah 55 says, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are beyond our ways. God wants you to get His thoughts. God wants you to get His ways. God wants you to tap the Spirit of wisdom. And I believe it's unlocking in this season as we're moving into 2023. We're going to stand on our watchtower. We're looking to see what the Lord is saying. We're going to tap the wisdom of God. And by faith, we're going to cultivate it and produce it so we can see divine increase on every side. You say amen. Right, stand with me. Let's pray. Let's seal the deal. Mm. Are you feeling empowered? Are you feeling victorious? Are you feeling alive? Mm. And when you live in faith like this, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all you ask or think, infinitely beyond your highest hopes, prayers, dreams, and desires, according to the power that works on the inside of you. There's power available for you to be victorious. If you're in this place today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never publicly confessed him as Lord. You've never made the decision to say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and I'm making that decision today. Then you need to make that decision because once you get into Christ, all of this becomes available to you. And Jesus is the only way to the Father. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You don't get to the Father. You don't access what God has for you. Outside of Christ, your life will never make sense until you find Jesus because he created you and he knows why he created you. And you have to go to the source to discover who you are and what God has. I've walked this journey for over 30 years with the Lord and I know who I am and I know what God has for me. It didn't happen overnight, but as I stayed faithful, as I kept following him everything began to unfold and unlock. Even when I made mistakes, the Lord was gracious and and corrected me. Secondly, if you're in this place today and you were walking in love, you were passionate about the things of God, but you don't have that passion anymore. Your fire has died and you're making the decision today that I'm reigniting my faith in Jesus Christ. I, I am pressing forward. 2024 is gonna be a year for me where I live by faith. And I see the promises of God fulfilled in my life and my family. If you feel like you've fallen off the wagon because life hit you and you want to get back on track and you want me to pray with you, I want to pray with you today. So if you're here today and saying, I'm making Jesus Christ the Lord of my life for the first time, or you're here today and you're saying, I've fallen off track and I'm getting back on track today and you want me to pray with you, I want you to raise your hand really high so I can see it. I see your hand. Anybody else? 
the most important decision of your life. A decision you will never regret. If your heart is beating in your chest, I see your hand. God's knocking on the door of your heart and he's saying, let me in. And you need to open up and let his love get poured into your heart. When the Father's love pours into your heart, it establishes you. It's, it, it brings you into a place of comfort. So those two people that raise their hands, step out of your seats and come stand right here in front of me. I want to pray with you guys today. Come on, give them a big round of applause as they come. Do you know that the Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one person repents and give their lives to the Lord? And I realize this, that in heaven there's a party. There's a, there has to be a room where a party is happening 24-7. Because somebody's getting saved all the time all around the world. Right? And so there is a rave happening in heaven. Angels are doing backflips right now. Amen? There's a, const, there's a Holy Ghost party that doesn't stop in heaven. All right, just close your eyes. Just do business with God today. Whew, I feel the anointing. Man. It's already done. It's already working. The weight's already lifting because of the decision you've made in your heart. Say this, say, Lord, I put my trust in you today. And I declare out of my mouth for heaven and earth to hear and everything under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of my life. And I choose to put my trust in him from this day forward. And every blessing that you have for me I receive it now by faith in Jesus' name. It's mine. Hmm.